the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Wednesday, October the 14th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on October 14, 1964, civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. was named winner of the Nobel Peace Prize. Well deserved. Today, in 1884, transparent paper strip photographic film was patented by George Eastman. Eastman Kodak later emerged. Today in 1890, Dwight D. Eisenhower, 34th President of the United States, he was born in Denison, Texas. Happy birthday. Today in 1912, former U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, he was shot and wounded. They were trying to kill him. It was an assassination attempt in Milwaukee. He was saved by the papers that he had in his vest pocket. And though he was wounded, he wouldn't let them remove him. He insisted on finishing his speech. The papers in his pocket had to do with his speech. They were notes. So sometimes it's good to have your notes in your vest pocket. Saved his life, apparently. Today, in 1944, German Field Marshal Edwin Rommel, he took his own life rather than face trial and certain execution. He had been accused of conspiring against Adolf Hitler. Today, in 1947, U.S. Air Force Captain Charles Chuck Yeager, he became the first test pilot to break the sound barrier. They said he couldn't do it. It would kill a human being to break the sound barrier. That wasn't true. He flew his X-1 rocket plane over Murak, a dry lake in California, broke the sound ba- sound barrier. Today, of course, they. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to digress, but I also recall reading in history that there were people that were saying when the automobile was first introduced that a human being would not be able to travel more than, I think it was eight miles an hour. They had a certain speed that if you went over that speed, it would do harm to you, mental harm, or it could kill you. And the speed was like eight or ten miles an hour. So the human being is far more resilient than some people think it is because God created us wonderfully and marvelously. Today in 1960, the idea of a Peace Corps was suggested by Democratic presidential candidate John F. Kennedy. He was talking to a group of students at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Today in 1968, the first successful live telecast from a manned U.S. spacecraft was transmitted from Apollo 7. And speaking of live, I know yesterday we had some interruptions. I apologize for that, but it wasn't us. CenturyLink carries lines that are specially developed for broadcast, radio and television, and um, storms across Washington State uh, contributed to it. They had some issues. That's part of the risk that we run doing this program live or originating it live every morning. 
So some of you did not get this program. Some of you did because I re-recorded it later, and uh, a couple of hours later, in fact, for some of our audience. But many of you did not get it live. We could remedy that by pre-recording the program, but if we did, we couldn't cover the breaking news or news that's happening as we speak. And I think personally that it's more important that we cover the news of the day than it is to record a program that is flawless, except for the host, the guy that's talking. He wouldn't be flawless. He never is. But anyway, thank you for understanding. There is some breaking news this morning. It just was released just a few moments ago. The, um, it has to do with Joe Biden, and uh, it's coming from a number of sources, conservative. You will not hear about this probably on your ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN news today, and certainly not your newspapers. And if you do, it'll be very, very uh, revised and uh, polished and uh, slanted to the point of there's nothing really to see here. You know, while a herd of cattle stampede the the settlement on the Old West, there's nothing really going on in town. That's what you'll hear. But I wanted to tell you about this because it's important. Yes, I do not support Joe Biden, but it's important for the country. I hope a lot of people hear this. I hope they get it right because it's significant. The the, uh, The Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, has reportedly had evidence that former Vice President Joe Biden indeed did meet with executives from Burisma, that gas company in Ukraine that hired their son, Hunter Biden, Joe's son, paid him somewhere. The the numbers vary depending on who's reporting, but it's between 50 and $83 million a month to sit uh, sit on the board of a gas company, the National Gas Company in Ukraine, a guy that knows nothing about gas. And energy. And we've heard a lot about that, but now they found a laptop. A guy in a repair shop got a hold of it. I mean, he was given it to do some repairs on it, and it's Hunter Biden's laptop. And he said, wait a minute, the FBI needs to know about this, so he turned it over to them. The problem there is, number one, there's a lot of information on that that shows that Biden, Joe Biden, Vice President Joe Biden, was meeting with the authorities in the Ukraine, which is what they impeached Trump for, calling them as the president of the United States. It's the reverse. It is always the reverse. The thing, the things that the Democrats accuse conservatives and Republicans of doing is what they're doing at the time. It's amazing to me. You think when you've seen it, stuff like's been going on, you think when you, you've seen it all, and then you find out you haven't. Well, that this is one of those you haven't moments. December of, of 2019, last December, the um, was while the House was impeaching Trump for making a phone call that they said was inappropriate to the leader of Ukraine, and he said, we need to look into the corruption if you're going to keep getting money, hundreds of millions of dollars from the United States, which is what a president is supposed to do. The Democrats pushed that through. Nancy Pelosi in the House, he, he, Trump wasn't, um, the, the Senate would not impeach him. They did not. But Nancy Pelosi pushed that through. She hates the president. She says she prays for him, but <laughs> I wonder what she prays. She hates him. Her deeds betray her words, I'll tell you. 
But the New York Post is reporting this morning that this abandoned laptop, I guess Hunter left it there to be repaired and didn't pick it up. It was uh, on the hard drive. It contains evidence that Hunter Biden, who sat on the board of the corruption-plagued Ukrainian company, Burisma, made the introduction to then-Vice President Biden in 2015. The evidence, it's an email from Burisma uh, advisor Vladim Poshkarsky, I think is his name. He was thanking uh, Hunter Biden for the opportunity to meet your father and spend some time with him. Less than a year later, in March of 2016, Biden was pressuring Ukraine into firing a prosecutor with jurisdiction over investigations into, guess what company? Burisma, threatening to withhold a billion dollars in U.S. loan guarantees. So Joe Biden, Vice President Joe Biden, was using United States money, a billion dollars, to pressure these guys into doing what he wanted them to do and stop stop investigating the company that had just put Hunter Biden on the board for between 50 and $83 million a month. This new evidence comes from this abandoned laptop. It was left at a Delaware repair shop. It was seized by the FBI on de- because the guy there called them and said, hey, you need to see this, on December 17, 2019. So they've been sitting on that all the time. The FBI knew about this, and they knew what Biden was doing, and they knew what his son was doing, because they had this information, and they sat on it while Nancy Pelosi was trying to get rid of Donald Trump through impeachment. That's how corrupt the swamp is in Washington, D.C. When you hear Trump talk about the swamp, sometimes the way he says things and the way he presents them and he repeats them you know, again and again and again, you kind of think, well, I mean, that, I mean, is that really true? I mean, is it that bad? But often the things that he says do come true. They are true. And this is yet another one. These people knew about this laptop and these this back and forth between Hunter Biden and this thank you for introducing me to my father while Joe Biden was saying repeatedly again and again and again, and he said it as a candidate for the presidency recently, that he never met with him. He never had anything to do it. He said, in fact, I have never spoken to my son Hunter about his dealings in Ukraine. I hear myself saying these words, and I, I almost don't believe what I'm saying, but it's true. It is, I mean, I, they must think we American people, and I believe they do, are not very smart. And at some point, it's got to catch up with them. You can't do this stuff and get away with it unless you live in a banana republic somewhere in Central America. But they have so far in America, the greatest nation on earth. The store store owner, he looked at the hard drive and he called the FBI. His name is Bob Costello. And, uh, or that's his attorney, is Bob Costello. But anyway, he got an attorney because he realized that, man, this is a big deal. Rob Cos- uh, Robert Costello is an attorney who has worked in New York City. In fact, he's worked with Mayor Rudy Giuliani before. And uh, the New York Post is noting that other materials, including family photographs, support for the laptop's relationship to Hunter Biden. In other words, there's no question that it's Hunter Biden's laptop. 
So the issue of Joe Biden's intervention in Ukraine and his conflict of interest was crucial to the impeachment. And yet here it is, exactly what Trump said was going on and others was going on. Trump had asked the Ukrainian president to look into allegations concerning Biden's son. He was then impeached by Nancy Pelosi based on a letter from a whistleblower who had not actually heard the call between Trump and Zelensky, the Ukrainian guy, the Ukrainian leader. The pre- all of uh, Pence and all these guys that were on that call, I can't remember who all they were uh, of, of the administration, they said there was nothing inappropriate about what the president said on that call. Everybody said that. But Nancy pushed it through because she, wa- she said, I want to mark this president forever. The president claimed he had been acting in national interest. Now we know he certainly was. The Democrats alleged that he had abused his power to smear a rival. And that the exact opposite of that has happened. That's why it's so important that we remain informed. We can't just turn a deaf ear. And I know there's Christians out there today, I don't know, on social media, and they're calling for their friends and all their selfie buddies and all that on Facebook and Instagram and all. They're saying, just check out of the political. You don't You don't want to listen to this. I'm sick and tired of this. I don't want to hear any more, blah, blah, blah. I think, they, I think they're displeasing God when they do that because to whom much is given, much is required. And God has given us so much in America, and he's given us the right to be involved in our government. We, the people, are the government. We are the power base of America. And if we Christians, of all people, who have not only been given the the freedom and the liberty that we have here in America by God, protected by our government, we, of all people, should be involved in the process of being salt and light and an influence in the culture for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, and for the betterment of people, our brothers and sisters in this nation. And I see this again and again and again. We've got to be informed because the press will not inform you. They will not tell you the truth. The press is biased. They are beyond redemption as far as an institution in America. There are conservative institutions rising up. Fox News has been one of them, and yet they're creeping to the left. They're putting Donna Brazil and all these people on there repeatedly. I mean, they're regulars now on some of their shows. I mean, you just have to be informed, and you've got to be discerning. And that's what we try to do here, and I want to thank you for your support. Your support has just been tremendous. We're able to pay our bills every month, and I say that gratefully and humbly. Because you stand with us. We recently said we had to replace our computer program in our office and it was going to cost over $5,000. I asked you if you would help us. We didn't have the money, but I authorized go ahead and do it because that's all of our accounting. It doesn't have anything to do with our broadcast. This is a different system that we have. But all of our business part of it and it's got to got to work well and it had been outdated and I just mentioned to you here it's been about a week or two about a couple of weeks ago that I had authorized it and we had to have it online and ready by the 15th because our old computer program wasn't going to be supported anymore and I just told you and I said man I've authorized it and I need your help and you more you gave us more than I asked for 
And I will tell you this morning that I was told last night, our office told me that we are online, everything's working, everything's great. Boom, it's done. And I will tell you, everything is paid for, thanks to you. And I just, I, God bless you. Thank you so much. Because we just couldn't do this without you. And you know that, but I want you to know that I know it as well. So we'll continue with our monthly budget until some other something happens down the road. But thank you so much. And thank you for standing with us each month with our budget. A lot of ministries have been sidelined. Some of them have been shut down during this COVID shutdown here in America. And you've stood with us and you continue to. And I want to thank you for that. And thank you for helping us meet our budget, our regular reoccurring budget in October and then November, December. Thanks for standing with us. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website and go to Faith and Freedom, A-N-D Freedom, dot U-S. First thing you'll see, the page of an article that I wrote uh, today, if you go on there today, and you'll see a Donate tab up at the top. Just click that, and you're in. Everything's good to go. So thank you so much. The um, Democrats are pressing Amy Coney Barrett a lot. They're trying to trick her. They're trying to come up with all their gotcha questions. The radical left is on full display in this hearing. That's probably the biggest takeaway. She's got to be one of the most qualified, most brilliant people, honestly, ever to sit on the Supreme Court. And I know that's saying a lot. I mean, she's stunning. Heritage Foundation has been telling us that for a long time. They knew her. They had interviewed her and and got to know her intellectually and personally. They said she's unbelievably brilliant. The people that have endorsed her have said the same, including that uh, Miss O'Hara from, um, from Notre Dame, who was the dean of the law school at the time that Amy was teaching there. She said she's stunningly brilliant and nice and liked and loved and support. I mean, that's what we're getting from this. And yet she's a woman who was sitting there yesterday, and one of the Republicans said to her, I've noticed that you don't, have much on your desk in front of you. He said, all of the rest of us have notebooks and books and papers, and they do stacked all over the place, like I would have if I were in their seat, and probably you as well. They have all kinds of notes, even Ted Cruz, and he's a brilliant guy. He's got all kinds of notes there. And he, and she was asked, She said, he said, what do you have in front of you? Just out of curiosity. And she raised a notepad. It's not even a full eight and a half by 11. It's kind of a one of those half sheet notepads. And she raised it and he said, what does it say on that? And she said, it says United States Senate. And she turned it around, it's blank. She has no notes. She's quoting all of these cases, whatever they bring up. And she doesn't know what they're going to ask. Everything that she's ever been involved with, she's recalling from her memory. Put that up against Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or others who are or want to be running this government. 
That's what we're finding as we go through this. But Senator Feinstein, immediately yesterday when she was given her opportunity, launched right into, you know what, abortion, specifically Roe v. Wade. Feinstein began, she said, and I quote, it's of great importance, I think, because it goes to a woman's fundamental right to make the most personal decisions about her own body. I get sick and tired of hearing it, but anyway, she said, and I quote, Senator Feinstein, who's 90 years old, she should be in a rocking chair somewhere. I mean, really, she should. But anyway, that's to be decided by others. She continued. She said, and as a call, I think she's 90. It seems to me I've read that. But anyway, she continued. She said, as a college student in the 1950s, I saw what happened to young women who became pregnant at a time when abortion was not legal in this country. I went to Stanford. I saw the trips to Mexico. I saw young women try to hurt themselves, and it was really deeply, deeply concerning. Now, knowing that Justice Scalia was Coney Barrett's mentor, she clerked for him at one time on the Supreme Court, Feinstein then quoted Scalia in a dissent where he wrote that Roe v. Wade had been wrongly decided. She then asked Barrett, do you agree? And she said, I hope your answer will be forthright. In other words, I hope you tell me the truth. Barrett responded. She said, I do want to be forthright, and I'm going to invoke Justice Kagan. Kagan is one of Obama's appointees who's an activist, far left justice on the Supreme Court. Barrett said, I want to invoke Justice Kagan's description, which I think was perfectly put. She then quoted Kagan, saying she was not going to grade precedent, so would not give a thumbs up or a thumbs down on such cases because they will be further litigated. That answer was fine when Kagan gave it here a couple of years ago when she was Obama's far-left activist nominee. But when Amy Coney Barrett gives the same word she quoted Kagan. Feinstein threw a fit. Oh, she wasn't going to have any of that. That's the double standard of the left. That's what's going on in our country. This this hearing is a, a, a photograph, a snapshot of what's going on in our country today. Barrett then said this. She said, Senator... I completely understand why you're asking the question, but again, I can't pre-commit or say, yes, I'm going in with some agenda, because I'm not. I have no agenda to overrule Casey. That was a specific case that Feinstein was referring to. She said, I have an agenda, (laughs) and the court got silent. She said, I do have an agenda, and that's to stick to the rule of law, and decide cases as they come. My agenda is to stick to the law, to the Constitution. It's disappointing that that should be a showstopper, but it was. So she does have an agenda. It's to stick to the law and stay true to the Constitution. How refreshing. Feinstein then went on and on and on, and I won't put you through that. I'm afraid you'd turn off your radio anyway, what she said. But Barrett remained steadfast in her agenda. She said, I'm following the law. I will always follow the law. I can promise you that. That wasn't good enough. They don't want 
justices who follow the law or the Constitution. What they want are activists. And they want to root out any activists that they think will not advance their agenda because they can't get the American people to approve their agenda. They can't. Whether it's gay marriage, the homosexual agenda, whether it's abortion, they can't get it past the people. And they know it. So they've chosen the judicial the judicial branch to advance their agenda. Barrett also invoked the so-called Ginsburg standard. They keep talking about she is replacing Ginsburg. She's taking Ginsburg's seat. She's not taking Ginsburg's seat. That seat belongs to the American public. We, the people, the citizens of the United States of America, we own the Oval Office. We own the Supreme Court. That's the way the founders set it up, and so far we've been able to stay with that. That bugs me. I can't tell you how irritated I get when I hear them talking about Ginsburg's seat. That's not Ginsburg's seat. She was supposed to be a public servant. She was supposed to be serving the American people, and she was supposed to be sitting in our seat, not her seat. And that's for all of them, conservative or otherwise, on the court. But that's the way I feel about it. But anyway... Barrett referred to the Ginsburg standard to approach hypotheticals. Ruth Bader Ginsburg had a rule. Whenever somebody would ask her a question about a hypothetical, she would always respond with this. And I quote, no hints, no forecasts, no previews on cases that may come before the court. I agree with that. So does Coney Barrett. And she quoted, again, that wasn't enough. It wasn't what these people are looking for. They've got these gotcha questions all lined up, and none of it's working. One of the reasons is because, unlike conservatives, they don't operate under a set of principles. They support causes, not fixed values and virtue. They don't support a right to life. They support a cause, and their cause is abortion, and if it violates right to life, it doesn't matter because right to life isn't a a fixed value because the left is a, they're they're always in fluid. They're always in change. They're evolving. That's why they repeatedly want the Constitution to be seen as a living document. Those are not just words. That There's deep meaning in that. The Constitution is what it is. It represents what our founding fathers, under the inspiration of God, I believe, after much prayer in that room in Philadelphia, they wrote the Constitution. I believe God, I don't believe it's inspired like the Bible, but I mean, I believe that it was it was God-inspired for America, for government. Because they sought God, and I believe God is a God who answers prayer. If they hadn't prayed, I wouldn't be saying what I'm saying, but they did. And they prayed diligently and, and, and fervently, day in and day out, every day, before they started their considerations, and they came to an agreement, and we have it as the Constitution of the United States. So what we're talking about is staying true to that Constitution. And these people, can't they cannot even grasp that idea. The left, honest, they can't. And it's simply because they don't hold values as fixed. What is true today will not be true tomorrow. What is right today may be wrong tomorrow. That's why our kids are so confused. That's why there's confusion on our campuses. That's why our kids are wandering around. They don't even know what they believe. And if they kind of know what they're supposed to believe, they don't know why. That's what's going on in America, and that's reflected in this hearing. And all you have to do is watch it for a few moments. 
I wrote an article on this today. It's at faithandfreedom.us. In there, I inserted a, a video of Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, both Republicans, giving excellent talks on rights and the Constitution. I'll see you right here tomorrow.